Welcome to the Cowboy Office Show, where you'll experience expert analysis and epic discussion on key pillars of the equine industry, including sports, business, hobby, and the horse lifestyle. Your co-hosts are Jody Brainerd and Brian Dykert, industry veterans with over 120 years combined living the cowboy lifestyle. The Cowboy Office Show will help you get involved, ask more questions, and create change. We'll keep riding for you as together we learn from the ride already ridden, learn to listen better to our horse, and make our industry better for all. Each weekly episode, we'll take a ride around the industry in less time than you can load the truck and trailer. Drop your email at cowboyoffice.com to receive weekly updates and never miss an episode. Settle up as we ride into today's show. Well, hello, reigning world. The NRHA Derby Open Finals. We're going to do it today. Another deep one and more to come. 30 finalists plus ties for four levels of Open Finals. Makes 108 total finalists in two sets of finals from over 300 in the qualifier. We now Uh-oh. have the numbers. Welcome to Cowboy Office. I'm Brian. And I'm Jody. Welcome. Man, it's a deep one again. Quality of competition appears to be here to stay. You know, we saw 158 mares, 105 studs, and 43 gildens give it their best shot to get to the finals. We had four, five, six, and seven-year-old horses. The average age was a five-year-old. You know, I'm typically not a big fan of the four-year-olds competing against, you know, aged horses. I've always said that I think they need a, I think they need an event of their own and not just the amateur or the, the novice derbies like they're trying to come up with now, or four-year-old classes. But, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. You know, Brian knows four-year-olds are only about six months off the maturity and to have to go knock heads with the five six and seven year olds it's a it's a hard thing to do but um you know i i think that uh sean's mare you know our fraternity winner from from last fall probably would have had a good chance had she not gotten in trouble but you know who's to say that might have been due to her just being a four-year-old too you know it's, well it's exactly kinda, that's that's it, your point yep. and exactly and and the tamarack Ranch has been sponsoring a four-year-old section inside this entire derby, and they've been promoting the fact that it's constantly been growing, which is kind of where we came from. And so I, I think your point's um, very interesting. And so looking at those numbers, I, I thought it was fascinating as we looked across the age and the sexes. The fact that I the mares, so you know, there was way more mares than studs. Um, I don't remember that. It's It's always been kind of dominated by the studs, but maybe the aged events... The mares are more, I, I don't know, maybe they are more mature. I'm just, I'm thrilled to see it, that's all. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, we've, you know, we've talked about this, you know, they've changed so much, heck, over the last 10 years, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the mares have gotten bigger and stronger and, you know, so much more physical than they used to be. And, you know, like I said, we've, we've alluded to it on the past shows too, and they're worth so much more now because, you know, those babies that they can have are like, because everybody yeah. used to want, used to want the studs and now it's, it's the mare's turn for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now the mares can give you even more multiples than what we used to be able to. So that, Absolutely. that's an interesting one too. Well, yeah, we're yeah. going to start by uh, giving the winners a little bit of promo. So we've got a piece put together that's going to, because again, we had four sections of open derby. So four different sections of open produced four different champions. Um, and 
those four sections got then gathered up into uh, two big batches of finals. So uh, here's our our derby winners. This is the Open Derby. Um, and certainly paying all due respect, Casey Deary wins it. 100000 guaranteed paid out with Jason Van Landingham right on his heels. Uh, 52000 and some change. There's your champion and reserve champion overall. Level three, Luca Fapani. Um, not overwhelmingly like, I mean, good for him. But you and I have been talking about him and Sam, you know, being yeah. young rookies coming up. And so I, I, I get it. Good for him. He wins a level three. Um, Kyle Shaw wins a level two, 13,000. And Kyle trains out of New York. So um, that's kind of a good deal. Um, and Shyla Mainberg, I hope I say that right. She wins a level one with a 10,000 payout. And so, you know, we, we talked about this in the go round section um, a little bit, which was um, the purse distribution and purse makeup. It's not the distribution as much as it is the purse makeup. <clears throat> and the mere fact that we're, we're trying to give everybody a place to play and a, and a return, the reality of the difference between the levels three and four is like not much. And no. then there's a, there, there is a significant step as you go to level one and two. And I think it'd be fascinating. I think it's past time that the industry starts looking at some different ways of purse um, buildup, including the amount of your entry fee, so that those ones and twos actually get a little bit stronger return because their costs to be there are no different. Level one and level four are paying the same amount to be there period. So cost to be on the road, cost to go, cost to be there is the same across the playing field. But then what you get to compete for, um, I, it's just an interesting one. And you and I talk about the the levels, whether or not we need four. You know, in our day, there was one, yes. then we got to two, then we created three. Now there's four. Right. So, now there is four. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there, and, and it, is, it is time for a change. Heck, I can remember oh, probably 10 years ago, I had this same discussion with, with a million-dollar rider. And um, I, I had told him, I said, you know, what, what you've heard me say, you know, I, I don't want to subsidize if my horse isn't good enough. I, I, I shouldn't have to give my money to someone that I know has a better horse than I do. Um, you got to give me credit for knowing my livestock. But I said, you know, the money needs to go where the numbers are. And, and this million dollar rider said, well, the level three would pay more than the four. And I said, well, okay. And your problem is what, right? I mean, that's what, that's what the industry says it's supposed to do. Right. So anyway, it's, that problem is not, it's not new. It's been around for a while and, and, uh, it's, it's, you know, we can have a ton of discussion about it, but there's a, you know, there, there'd be a lot of tempers flared about it, but it would, it would, I think be good for the industry to do something like that. So, um, I would just well, say, okay, go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, is having, I'm asking you because if I was 25 or 30 years old and I called Jody Brainerd and said, you know, I'm thinking about devoting and this is what I want to do. I think, is it worth my while? And the point is, when you look at these kinds of payouts as a level one or level two up-and-coming professional, um, the, the, the question is, is it worth it? 
because the work is not any different and the costs are not any different. So that's yeah. where my question in today's time is. My, my, my answer to that would, in, today's, in today's time would be no. I mean, you can make far more money doing something else than you can training horses if you're starting, right? I mean, if you had somebody that hired you that was paying you a nice salary on top of it and you had access to some horses, perhaps that would be different. But if you're a young guy and you watched Yellowstone and you decided that this is something that you wanted to go do, whoo, I'd say, uh, no, go to school, finish your education. You'll, you'll make a lot more money, right? I mean, it's a true story. It, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, we've talked about it over and over again. And it's not just about, it's not just about talent because, you know, there's a ton of talented riders and, you know, over the years, I've known some guys that are great, great trainers and probably not great showmen. I've known some guys that are not very good trainers, but are great showmen. And, and if you're a good people person and can get the horse, those guys that aren't very good horsemen, but are great showmen will win hands down more than the trainer that doesn't, you know, the very talented trainer, but doesn't have the livestock. So it's about the horse. And, and they're pretty jealously guarded. I'm telling you, you know, I mean, there's guys that don't, I mean, you're not going to get one. I mean, if it's, right the nature of the beast. So yeah, if you haven't got a horse, you're not going to beat anybody. And you know, I mean, I, I'm uh, way, way happy for, for Shayla. I said girl power and all, I mean, and she, I actually had to look her up because she came down from British Columbia, which is a, is a long way to haul. So congratulations to her. But you know, that 10,000 bucks when you're hauling from British Columbia and getting back home again, isn't, isn't very much money. So anyway, I'd, I'd like to see it double or triple that for her. So. Well, you got to also remember because when we talk about the, the detail and the money, is you got owners behind that, and I'm huh. not trying to get in their business. And everybody can have their own arrangement and how that wants to play out and who's paying what bills. But when you talk about sharing the purse money with horse owners, um, right? I, I mean, that's simple. Ten thousand dollars isn't even paying the bill, right? To go. That's it. And, and I, I, you brought that up, and, and that's something that you alluded to before we even started this, and that's something that they don't get, they don't get paid enough attention to, those owners. It, it doesn't matter. We wouldn't have a business without them. Those are the guys. Everybody recognizes the horse and the rider and that owner. Somebody, well, who owns that horse? It's like they have no idea, right? So, and, and without them, there isn't a rain and horse business. So, no. you know, owners, hats off to you. Yeah, well, just to give them a little bit of tribute, DAG Ventures is a business piece that owns Casey's horse. Tammy Nelson owns Jason Van Landingham's horse, going to be a big time. He's reserve champion. Joetta Bell owns the horse that Luca rode, Dream On Wiz, wins the level three. Um, Rita Sherman owns Kyle Shaw's mount, uh, Wiz by Mobster. And then Lorna Mainberg, which... I, I I don't know. I'm assuming as a family member to Shayla, um, for sure. own snip of a dream. So, um, yep, absolutely. And, and, but anyway, and congratulations not, to you owners and uh, all of you, you who are out there. Did you look up the currency exchange between Canada and the U.S.? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> I got to assume that we're yeah. higher, so maybe that's yeah fourteen thousand Canadian by the time they get back, but they yeah. gotta they're gonna have to pay a big GST tax on it too. So maybe yeah. they're back to ninety five hundred. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, really, really, really long time ago. I mean, it, I don't know. It, actually, when Guy Gauthier was still alive, he came to look at some horses that I had, and I'd priced them, and 
it was some ridiculous figure like $7,500, which, you know, <laughs> 40 years ago was a lot of money. And of course, you know, Guy, not to be outdone, said, is that Canadian? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, mean, I was looking for a discount, right? It's like, oh, me. Yeah. What well, doesn't happen, huh? Yeah, yeah. So. And before Canada had their GST tax. So right. um, just as a reminder, don't forget, go to cowboyoffice.com, put your email in, come ride with us as, as we, want, uh, we want you to join the ride that we're doing. We're going to keep on digging on the leveling and dollars, payouts and purses, um, you know, I, we think there has to be a better way. And the big question is, is it incentivizing enough to the next generation? That's the question. We, we're seeing purses, and we've talked about it. You know, if you look at the last five to ten years on the top, which is a level four, that group of, you know, that group of trainers and professionals are doing reasonably well, and the purses are there to support them. And the numbers have proven that. The question really becomes on the – on uh, how, how do you how do you attract the next young generation so that you really have an industry that's sustainable and so um, that's why I asked that question. And it's a good one, and that is <laughs> that is that's a that's a great question. Like I said, I I you know like I said after a guy that you know it's a you went through it, I went through it, and uh, like I said you excuse me you make uh, you you can you can make a nice living if you've got. Uh, if you've got the livestock to ride and the clients that can buy them for you and it's uh but it's whoo yeah it's uh it's tough you know well and that's a never-ending grind because you got to keep all those wheels turning um yep no i hear you absolutely we're gonna go right into the numbers open finals deep and tight we know it um everybody knows it everybody saw it 231 um, to win this thing, but with 30 head in each section of finals plus ties, ended up creating 108 draws across two sections. So the first section uh, had 74 in it, the second section had 34 in it. Now, not counting, you know, there was some scratches and some zeros. So those fall out when I do the numbers and pull them together, but you're talking about a it's minuscule at the finals level, but it does happen. So we're going to pull up. I'm going to show you the, the score range because everybody gets wacky in the industry um, because we use a multi-judge system. Um, what all this does is look at the top 20 horses in both sections of finals, so 108 finalists across four levels. And this looks at the top 20 in each of those sections and looks at your range. So um, the, the red, is that, that's the bottom of top 20. So that's a 217, 224 um, to a 231 and a two, I'm sorry, 224 to 231 and a half in this second section finals, which when you do the reverse math is 74.7 on the bottom to a 77.2. And we're going to talk about that because you're talking about two and three quarters points for 20 horses. Now, on the on the first section of the open finals, which is level one and two, you went from a 217 to a 221 and a half. That's high. That's your you know when when we saw Sam at the Buckeye mark a 225, you know whoa that's way cool but way not normal. Which, when you do the reverse math, that's 72.3 to 73.8. And again, that's about a point and a half per judge, which 
That's all they have to work in to put 20 of the best there is. That's the point to this. And so I thought it was interesting. I didn't do it across all 30 plus in the finals because they kind of fall off, but taking that top 20 and all this does is illustrate the strength. It's the strength of the competition, which is deep. And so that's not new news. We've been here for several years, um, but that's, that's what it is. And so that's what yeah, it is. It's, I mean, these things are so close and you may have that, you know, you may have that horse that blows out like Casey did, um, in the finals and really get shown and, you know, is a, is a pretty clear winner, but you have to remember that very same horse kind of squeaked into the finals, didn't he? I mean, if I remember correctly, yeah. that wasn't, yeah. I mean, he, he was, was right like, at the bubble, right, right at the bubble. So you, you never know. These guys are so, so very close, but you know, judges are so limited in, in what they can do. And, you know, I mentioned that on an, on an earlier show, I, I monitored that derby this spring in, in Tulsa and I actually told the judges, I said, you know, you guys are going to have seven or eight horses tied because it was a relatively easy pattern for aged horses. And, and yeah, they ended up with probably a six way tie, you know, down there from third to fifth, somewhere in there. I mean, it was just, but they, you can't help it because they can all do a plus half. And most of them can do a one and, you know, the top 25% of those can do a one and a half. And so it, it, with, with the system that we have in place, you cannot separate horses and they should be separated. Right. And the My single opinion. numbers just, well, this is for you. Um, and I know I drive you crazy with my numbers because when you look at the range of the top 20 scores in the level one, in the first section open finals, when you look at the range, now I'm using this single score reverse math. So 72.3 to 74.7, that's the um, red bar. And the point is, one. so we use a five-judge system. The point's this, that's two and a half, it's 2.4 points of separation, which is a .12 per judge is what a per judge needs to make those distinctions. That's what it says that's what the numbers say, which is exactly what you were talking about. When you use a cumulative system like we're doing, because we had the scores together, it's seven, it's seven point differential, 217 to 224, and that's a point four, which is a little bit less than a half, which still says that our half points aren't enough. So I'm, I, it's, it, all it does is validate what we've been talking about. When you look at it in the, in the second section, level three and level four, it tightens up even more because you had a 10-point differential on the sum scale, 221.5 to 231.5. That's a half a point per judge's card. That's what they would have to separate them with, which that says our system, as we're currently using it, fundamentally serves it. When you reverse it into and look at a single card, because you're using five singles, it's 3.4 points differential, 73.8 to 77.2 which, again, any given single judge would need a .17 to make fine distinctions. That's the differential. And the point to both those is the .17 and the .12. So that's where it is, and we've talked about that in our time. You know, the ad and a quarter has, is almost as old as you and I are. So it's not new news, but, yes, you're 100% correct. So I thought you'd find that interesting. Very Yep, it is. <laughs> it is. So let's take the next one, which is using the scale, because we always talk about this. We want to keep talking about it, and it's about educating the 
um, fan, the spectator, the exhibitor, everybody, so that they know because they only go and look at their one or two or three scores. They don't look at 300 or they don't look at 100 and find what is normal. But when you talk about using the scale, and they always, they've been barking in the last few years, talking about the industry, on the judges are too tight, and they don't use the scale. Well, here's the answer, and we did this in the go-round, but this is in the finals, and this is the second section only. So the 34 head that were in the second section of the finals on Saturday night, from minus one and a half to plus one and a half, and you, they did not use minus one and a half and minus one at all. So the entire finals was marked between a minus half and a plus one and a half. Now you had 1% of maneuvers marking that plus one and a half, which we're gonna talk about that in a second, and everything that you just said, um, you got 15% that was on zero, that's where we used to be, guess where we are now? We're on plus half. That is absolutely normal. These horses are all marking plus halves on everything, and it's who can do more. So 58% of the maneuvers were plus halves, and 22% were plus ones. But they did use the scale, and they did see it. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. We saw individual scores of 77 and 78. So that's what came across the system. Now, my question would be, Mathematically, with an eight-maneuver pattern, you got an 82 is the maximum score that our system. And in our lifetime, Jody, we've never seen it. My question is, why? And, and then I'm going to ask, when? Because if some of these aren't in the 80s, then we're looking for something that doesn't exist. Absolutely. Well, you know, and this, you know, I think, you know, because we've, we've talked about it till we're blue in the face that horses have changed so much, but our scale has stayed the same. And when, you know, when, when people talk about not using the scale and we're too tight, it's like, I've, I've had people tell me as a judge that, you know, you don't use plus one and a half very much. And I said, well, I don't use minus one and a half very much either. So, you know what I mean? So, because most of the horses that, that are in, in range that come into me, you know, very good. Uh, you know, if I, if I have a horse that I marked him, you know, six, very good plus, if I plus one him on six out of eight maneuvers, he's probably very likely going to win the reigning anyway. I don't need to go to the excellent box, but when you have four horses that can show at a level that these guys do not 20 of them, but if I have four of these things that, that are suddenly starting to mark, 77s uh oh now i better start figuring out a way to separate those things and go to my go to my one and a half go to my excellence so but you know using the scale people they don't use the scale because the horses aren't most of the time or they act cer certainly weren't you know into that plus one plus one and a half category like they are now 20 years ago so you know the that's that's not a fair assessment to say you're not using all of the seven you know seven scale points that we have because they they don't all fit there now they're they're crowded into Three, you know, yeah. plus half, yeah. plus one, and plus one and a half. So those right. really bonafide open horses. So right, but uh, I question us on whether or not you know if 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 we're stuck on looking for perfect as opposed to identifying excellence and then rewarding it. Excellent. Because yeah. at, at the level that we're seeing competition, plus one and a half should be a lot more common than one percent, especially in a finals. So uh, that's just. So. That's my 20 cents on it. Uh, so, right. so then comes, Agreed. right? 
Right. And, and we, we've talked about ways to get there. I mean, what happens? Why can't that, you know, different ways? Why can't that horse that runs in and has a good stop, a very good stop and an excellent backup, get that one and a half, but nobody will give it to him because they won't pay attention to the backup. They'll just go, well, that's a, you know, I mean, or, or that horse that rolls back over his Hawk with a plus F stop, but an excellent rollback. They, there's not enough credit given in areas like that that could get those horses to the one and a half very easily. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I hear you. And I think that, that leads back to the industry and the, the leadership and the monitoring system, because finding excellence is, what the goal was always set out to be, and to my knowledge, still exists. So it, the industry is showing it to us. I remember in our time, it was rare that you saw it because it just didn't exist. It now does, and it's actually common. And that's the part that I'm now getting at because it's common. And if we can't start splitting these things up between 75 and 78, um, I, I would start to question how long is the owners and the rest of the support lines because the economics are stronger than it's ever been too so you know this it, it's it's not just a sideline fun thing it's got a lot of money involved and so Oof. there's serious business here absolutely yeah if you don't think that's the case go try and buy one of these things <laughs> they're trying to recoup all that loss yeah <laughs> every exactly. time you ask them what the price is yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's take it. We're going to take it another step. We're going to look at score spreads across the system. Um, the average in the finals was 1.6. We saw a maximum spread. Here it is. Um, we saw a maximum spread across the finals at four, which was actually high. Um, and it, uh, now here's the good news. That was one run. So, yes, it happened. You know, 1.4% of the runs, it's one run. Um, it happened, and so you got to look at what the cause is to that. But it happened. So when you look at the score spreads across the five-judge system, dropping high and low and averaging the middle, um, here it is. Not new news. Um, you'll see, you know, the now this was an eight-maneuver pattern, and you see it shift just a touch to the right because the one-and-a-half to two-point spread was readily common in this finals. One of that is an eight-maneuver pattern. Two, um, it's pattern nine that's got some difficulties in it. And, and so that'll cause that as well. But um, uh, so, again, you know, what's, what's normal, um, average was 1.6. So the fact that we don't use we're on half points, it's one and a half. So not right. new news. That's what's normal. Everybody needs to kind of get used to that. Um, but there they are. And so you're looking at the first section and the second section side by side. So that shows you the entire 108 runs and all of those scores um, when you look at just the final score and what it looks like. So the half, the one, the one and a half, um, there they are. I, you know, you got 80% of the entire finals is marked within that uh, one to two point spread. And that's normal. Yes, it is, and it and it didn't it didn't change. I mean, between nope. the sections, so that was really good. Nope. So the next one is um, well, you're gonna. We've got just the score spreads. If you look at the details of the second section, so they're coming up. 
So this is only the second section. Um, and where the four-point spread was, was in the first section. It wasn't in the second section. So that's, so again, because you got to look at it straight across the board the same way. They never hit bingo in the second section. The, they did hit, um, you know, they had a three-and-a-half-point spread, six-and-a-half percent of the time, um, which tells you, what does that say to you, Jody? I well, I, whenever I, 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 I see some, I, 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 what that tells me is that in pattern nine, which is very, has a very high degree of difficulty, especially in the middle, you know, when you're going from that, you know, large, fast to slow lead change, go the other direction. A lot of times that's what tells me, what, you know, there's varying differences of opinion on a maneuver like that. And if you have, if you have two guys that give give credit and two that don't, you know what I mean? Or three that don't, those very difficult maneuvers to evaluate. Um, that tells me that the opportunity on those horses at that high, high level guys are, you know, I don't know. Sometimes judges will tell themselves, boy, we're going to really screw it down because this is the level four finals and we're going to make sure that we're very accurate. And some guys are saying, no, we're giving credit no matter what. But anyway, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's what it tells me. No, but it well, your take on that, because the more you look at the numbers and what it says versus having all the thoughts and the emotions about it, what we're trying to do is be black and white and a little bit more clear on this is what our system says. This is what our right. system does. Um, and, and, yes, it's obvious that the depth is way up there and our system can't make fine distinctions. So that part is the industry's responsibility to step up and start to make those adjustments. But, you know, we've been around for a long time, and this is common because you can be sitting on the tack box in the barn or at the gate or wherever you are, and everybody's got an opinion because they see, you know, a 72 to 74 go up on the scoreboard or what, you know, they go look at their five scores, and they think that that's, like, obscene or something, and it's not. It's actually 100% normal. Um, So, Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes those, you know, I mean, from the from a monitor standpoint, a lot of times if you don't, if you don't tell those, you know, if, obviously sometimes it's hard to be reminded of that, but you have to tell those guys. Like, at a, at a t- sometimes those big spreads will happen on, on an early draw, first horses, because guys are a little conservative and they're not wanting to. Don't think that first horse, you know, we got all these good ones coming behind them. You know what I mean? And we need to. We need, and it's like, uh oh, you got yourself in trouble. We just, you know, we saw what can happen. There was a. There was a pretty significant spread a couple of years ago on 1030. You know what I remember? He was the first horse that came into the pen, and I can clearly remember that. There was a, you know, one of those judges was significantly lower and, than the other guys. But it was, you know, was it because he was the first horse in the pen? Or I, I don't know that. But, I mean, it was, he still won the reigning. So, but that can happen. Right. So, as if, long as he stayed, if, if, he, if that particular judge stayed tight, he's got to stay tight. Yes. That's, that's the he, bottom line. Yeah. He, um, he is, and then, it, and then you have to go ask yourself the question, well, was he even needed? Because if he stayed tight, is he low like on he every single horse and thrown out low on every, you know, is he thrown out low on every, every run? So anyway, just interesting, interesting things that can happen when you're talking about judging and point spreads. But yeah, the, the, the big ones, I, I always wanted to know why. I mean, if there was three and a half to four points in a, in a running like that, I, I, I asked the question and right. made sure that I had a look at it and, and found out why. Well, we're going to be able to we're going to be able to show you why in a minute because the answer is really in the maneuvers. It used to be did a penalty happen? Those days are kind of 
behind us and gone. I think the penalties and its net effect, pro and con, takes care of itself. The quality of competition is now so advanced that it's about the standard um, per individual. So the standard per individual official, and now when they start tight, do they stay tight? And then I would agree with you because if you're going to stay tight and be thrown out all the time, there's a conversation on do we need to be throwing out highs and lows, which means we don't need five judges, you only need three. Yeah. I'm just beating that conversation up. If they all flow and natural, and the point being you take a judge that finds out he undermarked that first horse to himself and, and he admits to himself he made a mistake and then adjusts and gets back in the game, now he's in the game, and that's where the five-judge system works because right. it, the dropping the high and the low is about taking the error out. That's what it does. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. So um, I've got a simple one which just summarizes the score spreads, and this is just so the audience knows um, because this is the trend, and we've been identifying treads and norms. And so the second section finals, which is the level three and four, 34 horses, these were your three numbers that I told you at the beginning. The average is one point. This is score spreads. So five judges are marking the reigning. Those five judges per 34 runs. Average is 1.6. Maximum spread was three and a half. And the medians right slap one and a half and 100% normal. And it's been that way for, I think, pushing four years now. So that's, that's, that's actually good. Yes. Um, now we're going to go to, and, and I am a big fan of Paul Harvey. So to our audience, if I begin to bore you, drop us a note at cowboyoffice.com and I will change. But for <laughs> the rest of the story, um, uh, because we're going to dive into the maneuvers, because that's where the answer is. The, the, the score and how we get to the final score is just the process by which we get to the final score. The official score is the official score. 231 and a half, a 230, uh, you know, down the list it goes. That is the official score. It's how we get there. And the, the detail and the devil in the, is in the maneuver evaluation. So we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at maneuver evaluation spreads, deviations across the finals. And so the first one um, is using the scale, and it's seeing it across the entire finals. This one is very fascinating um, because this is the one, Jody, that, you know, crossing zero gets it, and I agree with you 100%. You know, it's, it's the burr under your saddle pad. So crossing zero is the problem one. The one-point maneuver spread is an interesting one. So what this does is look at the entire finals. So the far left is the first section, the middle is the second section, and the third bar to the right set of bars is a summation of all the 108 finalists. So when you put it all together, that's what it looks like on the right. But here it is, because these are the percent of total runs that had maneuver evaluation spreads of one point or more. So the brown bar represents percent of runs in that section. So you had 32% of runs in the first section, 74 runs. In my senses, I don't have numbers to tell me what's normal yet, but you and I are seeing at the top end of our sport, we're seeing double digit, high 20s, low 30s for the last pushing three years. 
percent of runs that have maneuver spreads by a point or more. So the brown is telling you that. So in the second section, they actually deviated more, which tells me the depth was that much deeper. They had a hard time separating depth. 44% of the runs out of 34 head in the final, in the second section, had maneuver spreads of a point or more. That's what it says. That's pushing half, which is not new news because when we talk about a 10-point spread, you're talking about horses that are marking 221s and 230s. You know, that's at, that's at 75 to 78. That's what they're capable of. And so that's what we're talking about. And then when you put it all together, now these numbers do not work in a straight line because it's against the volume of 108. When you put 108 finalists together, that's what the right hand says. So the entire set of finals, four sections, four levels, two sections, 36% of all those finalists had maneuver spreads of one point or more. That's just, that's what our system is doing. Now when you look at the red bar, this is the one that, aggravates you Jody and I agree with you it yes. always has me too I've struggled with this as an individual I've struggled with it in every aspect that you can think of this is when you cross zero this is when the judges cross zero as a team so the red bar in the first section 37 percent of those runs they crossed zero in a maneuver evaluation that means between five judges they were saying minus half and plus half at the same time that's, That's ridiculous. True. Yeah. Now, I was in the first section, which means your depth of competition is a little bit lower. When you bring the depth up, that goes significantly down by two-thirds. They're at 11%, 12% of the runs in the 34 runs in the second section cross zero. It's still double-digit. So in my head, it's still, it's, it's still a weakness. It's still an error. And then when you put it all together across 108 horses, it's 23%. So again, over the last pushing three years, that's what we're seeing at the top end of the sport. So it's telling me that it's a little bit normal and I'm not willing to accept normal because to me that tells me that's where our weakness is. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I, 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 I don't think it should ever be seen. Um, I mean, it's... And and, as, as, and and it tells me that from an education standpoint, why did they struggle in in the levels one, two, and three? You know what I mean? And before the, I mean, why did they struggle so much there? Thirty seven percent crossing zero is like there's that's huge. I mean, that's a huge. This is a great graph. I mean, that's because it, it brings to light how many times that happened, and that is that's crazy. So I, I, why are you why are you having a difficult time assessing? horses in levels one two and three why why, did you, why is that harder than than the level four horses i mean i i get that they're that they're better but you know it's it's um you know like i said somebody says poor and somebody says good and and to me it's like i said it's it's not uh maybe that's where the majority of the education needs to lie with our officials in the in the lower ends i don't know do i well you and i have been proponents of elevating the system for a long time. So the, 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 the obvious answer is the system isn't allowing those officials to do great work. And that great work isn't equaling the great competition that we're seeing. There lies the bigger dilemma. And, and then everybody can have their emotional components accordingly, but that's actually 
kind of what it's saying, and I do agree with you. And there are options, and so I, sure. I hope they're starting to spend time. Without question, there are, yeah. for sure. Yep. Um, doing it. So um, now I think we have the same one because that was looking at it. Uh, no, that was across all the finals. Now let's look at this is a really fun one because before before we pull it up, if you had to, he's going to pull it up, and then you're going to have the answer. Um, if I asked you what maneuver group was the most struggling maneuver group in the sport of reigning, what would you say? Where the where the where the biggest the biggest diversity of opinions, I would probably say circles, just offhand, and then I would go to stop and roll back. That would be my second one. Got it. Well, I'll flip yep. those around. So, okay. Because here it is. This takes what I just showed you and looks at it at the maneuver group level. And so the point, and remember the 32% and the 44%. Yep. So that those are the runs that have spreads in the two sections. The green bar is circles. And they okay. actually exceed, they, they did exceedingly well in marking the circles. So I find, I found this fascinating when I pulled it across 108 finalists. 27% in the first section and 32% in the second section means it was tougher. And it's in the stop and roll back, it, in the stop maneuver group. Now, in this pattern, and you got four stops in eight maneuver patterns, you have all of them. You get a stop and a back, you get a stop and a roll back each way, and you get a stop and a hesitate. And yes, there, you do all of those, which would be a factor in why it's more complex but the single most significant maneuver group that our officiating system is having a hard time analyzing quality is, is the stop group, period. And, and this says it. And then spins are second. Um, and, and I think that they, they've struggled with that because of the amount. Those horses are now so talented. There's so much going on. But it's actually complex, and it takes a very sophisticated set of eyes and mind to sort through all that because speed is last. You know, we've always talked about it. it's got to be correct first. When you make something fast and it's incorrect, it's just faster incorrect. It doesn't undo incorrectness. And so we know that, but that's, that's part of why these deviations happen. But I, I would have said the same thing you said. In in pattern nine, I would have I would have I saw, you know, watching the finals, you know that that large fast lead change and slow down and to do it in a stride is incredibly difficult to do, and I saw a dozen horses that I'd have gone plus one plus one plus one one and a half because they nailed that, you know, and I I'm not so sure that that much credit was given by the chair guys you know what i mean but um and that pattern nine is why i assumed the circles would be hard i think the and it was i'm glad that you told me that the stop and backup was also included in the stop group right there too because i i don't know that's another interesting that's another interesting question to to see how many differences of opinions that there are how much credit is given to each one of those as in the backup and as in the rollback itself. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I would be interested. Uh, I would be interested to, uh, to have that question with some of the guys who actually judged it live and had this, had the, 
differences of opinion on it. It would be fun to it would be fun to talk to those guys and girls. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it that would be fun research and work to put into it and look at it, and it's always fun afterwards. I'm giving you a quick glance because I have it, and and I'd have to pull the actual numbers, but I would tell you by simple reflex, it's the rollback out of the stop maneuver group. It's the rollback that we struggle with more than the backup and the hesitate. It, it that's clear. And I just did a fast glance, but I put them all together in this stopping group. So you get all four of those, which just well, says what it says. But the rollback I, in today's time is a big one. And you said it earlier, um, because those rollbacks are a big part of that maneuver. And good ones got to get the credit and bad ones got to take away from what credit's been earning. And I, that's a struggling area. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I tell you that, that, that pattern, you know, the nines and tens where you, you know, that run in and stop and back up, you know, past that center marker, that's, that's much harder than going down the side and saying, whoa, and stopping and backing up. You know what I mean? Because that, that, that element of timing is huge, you know, so obviously there are some guys that do it really, really well, you know, yes. so cool. Yes. And that's we saw it great, great stat. So we'll, we'll keep following that along as we go to the aged event and into finals because that's where the rest of the story is. And oh. then you can talk about the complexity of the maneuver groups, and I agree with you on the circles. And here, here would be my 20 cents, and, and I do have it. I can tell you where the one-and-a-half maneuvers were applied, um, and they weren't, the majority of them weren't in the circles. So the fact that it's a minority maneuver being plied, which is at excellence, um, yes, it does happen there. We've seen it in all the groups. The circles, for the reason that you alluded to, but what the system says and what these numbers say is that that, that team of officials stayed consistent with it, so good for them. Did sure, they, absolutely. Did they reward those circles with that difficulty that you were making reference to? to an excellent level, no, but that was my question earlier because are we seeing these excellent things? Yes. Are they ever going to be perfect? My answer would be no. And we've got to teach ourselves to reward that excellence when you see it instead of talking yourself out. And the comfort at sitting on one is now getting easy, and we've got work to do to give that one for sure, but the, you know that that graph right there, that's that's just great because I, you know, I would have never thought about it, and it's it's like, it's so much fun. Now I want you to go, okay, all the futurities, I want you to do that. You know, every one of these fall derbies, I want you to do that. I, I want to know where they're struggling. Right? It's like that's fantastic work. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, there's the answer, and that's what's going on. The the it's tougher. You know, and mm -hmm. you're talking about 100 head of horses. And you're also talking about, you know, that that's 4,000 decisions being made across the team of officials. So it's not like we're asking them to just give us their afternoon. I mean, it's hard work. Right. Oof. It is. You and I know it, but I, I don't think the rest of the world fully appreciates it. They want it for their run, but they got 99 <laughs> more to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
So all that all, it, it really illustrates how technical our sport has now gotten. And, and it's technical and excellent. So that's where we are. Um, it's a fun time to be on this part of it. Um, I'm sure all those competitors and everybody that's deep in it are enjoying it just as much, it, it appears to be. Um, but it's the technical pattern placement, degree of difficulty that you just made reference to. Yes, you have to be a horseman to understand that. Yes, you. And, and if you ever question whether or not that's hard, go out and try it. Go out and get on your horse and go from third gear to first gear in one stride. And, and you'll get a sense of how difficult some of that stuff is. So it, that's what we're seeing, and it, it's, it's those technical fine distinctions on the quality and the pursuit of excellence. Um, that's, that's what we're seeing. It's not new news. It's actually, it's actually fascinating and cool because it took a 220 to get to the finals for the level four. Um, it took a 231 to win it, um, you know, and that's, that's 77s and 78s. And so, um, and, and you're not talking about one scorecard, you're talking about two no. or three. So the majority of those, sure. that was the difference between Jason and, and, and Casey. It yep. was two cards or three cards. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, no question. It's a, it's a, it's a half point on a couple of maneuvers and that's it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's where we are. You got any questions for me? I have no questions. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I just, like I said, the, the, I've told you that, you know, you, you, you think that the numbers I'm not, I'm not particularly good at, and that's something that you excel at and they don't lie. That's what's great about it. I mean, it's, it's, we get to, we get to look at numbers and go, this happened. We're not making it up. Right. It's right. like, that's what makes it so much fun. Right. It right. Is, but that's, it, to me, that's where everybody's responsibility lies is you've got to look at it in a more macro holistic level to understand that then you can look at yours and see what it means you're you've always said and you're saying is keep it in the middle and it the answer is in the middle and that's true and that's why we use a five judge system and drop high and low and that's assuming that all five officials are always being in the game and trying what we've known is nobody's perfect so there's always a little error, and that's where the five-judge system has fundamentally worked. I just think it's fascinating that we, we're now seeing the pressure that we need to take the next advancement. So I hope the industry's looking at options um, and that soon uh, we may see some. I don't know. There's not going to be next year because we already saw the rules. So right, there's none exactly. in there for next year. So. It's not going to, yeah, it's not going to change, but you know, as long as, as long as we're talking about it, um, it, it, uh, it's beneficial, you know, I mean, it is because if you just shake your head and walk away from it, it's not going to ever change. So I think it's important that it's important that, uh, that, you know, new ideas take place. Like I said, these, these, you know, um, certainly they're certainly not training these horses the same way. They're certainly not breeding in the same way. You know, I mean, it's like that that's changed like crazy. So we shouldn't be doing this the same way either, you know, it's yeah. just because that's the way we've always done it. That's, yeah. that's your favorite right there. It's the way Seven we've always most done it. That's the way we're words do it. in the English language. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, well, and in our time, the Derby was over and I mean, for the most part, you went home and you were doing work and we'd see each other at the fraternity. Those yeah. days are gone too, because in a few weeks you're going to see the run for the million. And then 
like two weeks after that, it might be the week after, the new 100X stakes in that entire event. And that one just fascinates me. So, so, and then you're going to get into, then you're going to get into fall fraternity season because the 100X stakes, I think, I, I don't hold me to, I think they're offering a fraternity and a derby. So an age yes. event section and a fraternity, which is going to make for a phenomenal, which might be the first series of that, you know, for the year. But I, I can't wait to see the outcome of the 100X. What a phenomenal, new, cool event. But the point is, it, we're just going to keep going. There's more and more and more and more. So, you know, it's not seeing six months back in Oklahoma again. Right. And I, and I think that's fantastic. And, you know, that just because we're talking about that, it's just, you know, there's there's so many new farsighted people, the 100X group, you know, the the run for a million, all those things. You know, if you if you would told somebody about that 10 years ago, they said, ah, you're nuts. It'll never work. You know what I mean? Somebody would have said that. I mean, it's a, nah, yeah, that'll, it won't work. And now it's like, you know, people are stepping outside of the box and these events are going crazy. I mean, it's a great ideas. And, you know, it's, it's, it's okay for the officiating to come outside of the box too. So anyway, yeah. that's, well, that's it's, it's, fantastic. it's time for it too. And if it yeah. doesn't, that's where the point of concern is. So they just need to get on it. So I hope because, sure. you know, Blake and, Hancock, we did a show with them and, you know, they were talking about, they were making some changes and moving forward and they had plans. And so I hope so. Um, so, so we'll see. So, so there, so that wraps up the Derby. We got a lot yet to go. We're only halfway through the year. Um, I hope everybody had a wonderful, happy 4th of July for those in a, in America, for all the international people that enjoy the sport of reigning. Um, you see the world a little bit different, but uh, this is the Derby in the in the reigning world. So again, congratulations to K- Casey, Jason, Luca, Kyle, Shyla. Um, you know, good for all of you. Kudos. Um, and until the next time, enjoy the ride. Absolutely. And if you see one of us at a, at a horse show and you watch the show, come up and talk to us. We'd like to have your opinion too. We'd like to talk to you in person. Um, it's been a great show, Brian. Appreciate it so much. All of you that are watching, appreciate you. And until the next time, stay in the middle. Today's episode is brought to you by 40 Productions in cooperation with the Consultment Agency, a full-service agency that helps bring forward-thinking equine brands into the 21st century using digital skills and services such as website development, graphic design, social media, and media production such as the podcast you're consuming here today. Thank you so much for riding along with us today. Sign up at cowboyoffice.com to be the first to know about topics affecting the industry we love so much. You can reach out to us with topics you care about by finding us on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. And remember, share this episode with someone that may enjoy it because the more we can share our horses with others, the better our world will be.